Michael Berry, the man who foresaw the 2008 housing market crash, has seemingly decided to short the entire stock market once again. Despite his fame, Barry isn't that good at predictions if you follow some of his forecasts in recent years. But he is very observant and makes logical arguments about discrepancies he sees between fundamentals and prices. What signs and signals has he seen this time around that prompted him to take such a daring stance again? And are there reasons to believe him this time and take similar actions to short the market and save our portfolios? Let's talk about that. My name is Hoda Meir, founder and CEO of Stockard. I'll tell you more about Stockard a little bit later, but in this show, I share detailed fundamental analysis and interesting investing-related stories. Barry shorting the US market is one of those fascinating stock market stories. Whenever he makes such moves, the entire market takes notice. But betting against the market isn't anything new for the big short investor. He is a pessimistic investor by nature and has made several bearish predictions since his successful bet against mortgage-backed securities during the great financial crisis in 2008. In September 2019, Michael told Bloomberg that index fund inflows were distorting stock and bond prices, and when the inflow reversed, the result would be catastrophic. His argument is correct. Over $11 trillion are invested in index funds, up from only $2 trillion a decade ago. The problem with indexes is that the decision is automatic. No one picks the stocks and money in most cases automatically flows into large indexes, giving the stocks listed in indexes enormous price boosts. However, the prediction hasn't come to reality since 2019. For example, S&P 500 index ETF, ticker SPY, had gone to more than $400 per share, up from $219 per share when Barry predicted the catastrophic consequence of flowing money into indexes. In December 2020, Barry took it to Twitter, now X.com, to say that Tesla's stock price is ridiculously overpriced. A split adjusted and despite volatility between 2020 and today, Tesla's stock price is still hovering slightly higher than its December 2020 price. Barry predicted a stock market crash in February 2021, after which the market went on for a few months of extraordinary rally thanks to the government stimulus and quantitative easing. While he was eventually correct and we saw the rally ended in 2022, many considered his market crash predictions unreliable. Michael Berry's attention turned toward Bitcoin in March 2021, 
predicting a crash that was quite the opposite of Bitcoin's rally to above $60,000 per coin price tag immediately after his prediction. Bitcoin price eventually crashed in 2022, but not before many lost faith in various predictions. A pattern is emerging if we pay closer attention to all these predictions. Barry predicts catastrophic crashes based on logical evidence, but the markets do not necessarily follow his logic immediately. There is a time gap between when he shares his predictions and when they come true. Even in the case of Barry's bet against mortgage-backed securities, he initially saw the risks in 2005 at least two years earlier than the actual price drop. The secret to Barry's success is that he is patient, even if the market takes the opposite direction in the short to mid-terms. Back to his latest put options, Michael Berry had purchased put contracts with an unknown strike price and exercise date, seemingly betting that the SPY and QQQ top 100 Nasdaq stocks would go down in prices at some point in the future. Before his option contracts expire, he has the right to sell his put options at the strike price presumably higher than the SPY and QQQ price. We don't know anything about these options dates and exercise prices. He can be quite patient and hold his put contracts for a long time to profit from the eventual crash he predicts is coming. We can simply interpret this move as a way for Barry to protect his hedge fund against an eventual crash. But Barry isn't the only one predicting a crash. Other investors seem to agree with Barry and his conclusions and have shared similar bearish sentiments in different ways. Fellow hedge fund manager Bill Ackman is one of those. A few weeks ago, Ackman took it to TwitterX.com to explain his firm's belief that the US treasuries were overbought. The evidence that supports Bill's argument when he made the statement was the $14 billion money inflow into iShares 20 plus years treasury bond ETF, ticker TLT, in 2023 alone. How exactly does Bill's bearish sentiment echo Michael Berry's bearish positions? Well, Bill is predicting that unlike many investors expecting the Fed to start cutting down interest rates, which in turn will boost the stock market prices, the opposite may be true. Bill believes the government's massive deficit would force it to issue more debt and for the market to buy such debt, the government has to offer higher yields, which in turn may mean lower equity prices. In a way, Bill Ackman and Barry agree on the possibility of lower equity prices and are hedging their risks differently but against similar forces.
A recent market commentary by Morgan Stanley's Global Investment Committee agrees with these two assessments. In summary, the committee believes that equity investors are too optimistic about interest rate cuts in the coming months and the bond market doesn't support such a direction. The committee believes that the effect of the COVID era stimulus has been lingering only now and in the coming months will we see the impact on consumers spending and corporate profits. That's the point that other investors agree with. In her monthly Indano update, ARK Invest's chief investment officer, Kathy Wood, warned investors of a possible hard landing for the U.S. economy. Kathy explained that companies would face pressure on their profits and profit margins for a few reasons, including hoarding the labor force and broad agreements between employees and employers in manufacturing and airline industries to increase salaries in response to inflation and union negotiations. Kathy Wood also believes that prices will start declining, adding more pressure on the company's profit margins. Those will be the reasons to see lower economic growth in the coming months, leading to negative sentiment in the stock market. The question we should try to answer now is whether there are economic indicators that support Michael Berry, Bill Ackman, Morgan Stanley, and Kathy Wood's stances. Before we discuss possible signs of recession though, let me tell you about a stock card. My team and I built a stock card to help fundamental investors do their research faster and more efficiently. These days, with all the noise in the news and social media, it's a lot harder to stay focused on conducting detailed fundamental research consistently. A stock card is connected with various world-class data providers such as Morningstar and Benzinga, gets refreshed every night and transforms all that data into intuitive and easy to understand cards. Whether you've heard of a new company that you'd like to research or you want to screen for fundamentally solid stocks quickly and efficiently, a stock card can help you out. If you are a fundamental investor or just getting started, go to stockcard.io and do two things. First up, look up your favorite stocks and see how a stock card makes your research easier. And secondly, use the screener tool to find companies with strong financials and undervalued stock prices. It is free to create an account and do those two things. I leave a link to it in the show notes or simply go to stockart.io. Back to the economic indicators that may signal a recession in the US. Historically, there are a few recession indicators, VIX index or volatility index. 
The VIX index is based on the implied volatility of S&P 500 index options. When VIX goes up, especially above 30, it implies a decline in S&P 500 prices. The VIX index under 20 indicates lower volatility and more stable S&P 500 prices. Currently, VIX is around 17 and doesn't signal a pessimistic sentiment. The second recession indicator is negative GDP growth. Both in Q1 and Q2 2023, GDP growth was positive and in the 2% range. There are arguments by investors such as Kathy Wood who believes that the GDP growth isn't real. She argues that GDP growth was up due to higher investment and government spending and not consumer spending. She argues consumers will stop spending in the coming months and the inflation decline will also reduce the value of overall consumption. Nevertheless, at least nominally, GDP growth doesn't indicate a slowdown. The next recession indicator is the unemployment rate. Unemployment typically indicates the start of a recession and the unemployment rate recently has remained quite stable. For example, in the July employment report, the unemployment rate remained stable at 3.5%. The final recession indicator we discussed today is the yield curve. It measures the difference between long-term and short-term interest rates. When the yield curve inverts, short-term interest rates are higher than long-term because investors expect a recession and lower interest rate in the future. Currently in August 2023, the yield curve is inverted. So of the four economic indicators, the yield curve is the only one predicting a recession and we have seen at least three investors agreeing with the yield curve. It seems most economic indicators do not agree with Michael Berry, Bill Ackman, Morgan Stanley, and Kathy Wood. So what do we do with this contradiction between major economic indicators and prominent investors' stance to protect their portfolios? First of all, this is a good sign. The market typically goes to the extreme when everyone agrees on the same conclusion. A healthy market results from differences in opinions and the pull and push between these bearish and bullish sentiments. Secondly, I know these investors all seem smart, but no one can predict the market. As much as it's hard to accept it, even smart investors such as Michael Berry can be wrong or at least be early in their predictions. Bill Ackman is famous for the wrong call he made about Herbalife and Cathy Wood, like any other investor, has lost lots of money in the market after the COVID rally came to an end, even though she has a team of smart analysts and they follow a diligent research process. We can't just follow them blindly. They can make mistakes in their conclusions. 
So where does that leave us? It leaves us with the good old wisdom we are all aware of. Don't try to predict the market, have cash on the side, don't invest the money you need in the near future, and don't let the market's rallies and crashes get under your nerves and force you to sell everything or go all in. Those are simple actions, but not easy to do. If the market continues to rally, you'll regret not going all in now. If the market crashes, you will regret some of the investments you've made now. Whatever you do, there will be reasons to regret and feel distressed. So, accept that there is no perfect investment decision, there is always risk in investing, there is no perfect investor, invest slowly and steadily in things you've done your research or have confidence in over a long period of time. I see you next time.